We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, LightYears listeners? We're excited to invite you to the official LightYears slash Warriors World Draft Party, July 29th at Standard Deviant Brewery in San Francisco. Our first official show post-pandemic, food, drinks, real-time draft analysis, Q&As, special guests, free merch giveaways. And remember, your first drink is on us with a ticket purchase. We are excited and can't wait to see you there. Info to purchase tickets can be found on our social feeds and official LightYears link tree. Welcome to Light Years Radio. Andy Lou, we are a week away from the draft, and we got the leak that I think you and I were expecting for a period of time, which was a little veteran pressure on management to, uh, you know, maybe you should consider not having a roster of three Hall of Famers and 12 19-year-olds. <laughs> Somebody said that the three all-stars don't want to get outnumbered by 19-year-olds, and I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, all of a sudden, he... Yeah, shout, shout out Robbie, Robbie Callan. I actually just retweeted awesome. that because it, it, it gave me a good laugh. It made me think of like the, um, the meme of like where like 100 little ducks surround someone, <laughs> that type of thing. Like Steph's not trying to be surrounded by a bunch of teenagers. Steph... Steph's the nicest damn guy in the NBA, man. And he's not, he's like, hey, listen, I got a finite amount of gears left. Y'all figure this out. Sam, the, the NBA draft suddenly feels like a trade deadline to me. It oh, is see, right now. see, I feel a little different. I think it's, Do you disagree? You think they can still trade for Beal after they make picks? You really think so? 100%. I mm. think, it, so here's, here's where my head's at on this. I think the pressure is ultimately good yes it is it might actually speed up the trade process but bradley beal hasn't asked to leave yet um pascal siakam who's also referenced in the story has not asked to leave yet um you know we can run down names zach levine who hasn't signed his extension yet has not asked to leave yet like i'm just throwing i'm tossed a day sure yeah yeah, Dame, for all the murmurings you've heard of Dame, he hasn't asked to leave yet. Now, I think at least one or two of these players will ask at some point in the offseason, but the NBA Finals ended two days ago. 
The draft is a week from today. We're recording this Thursday evening. Um, I just happen to think they're going to have to make the picks and the trade stuff's going to probably, if it, if it does come up, it, let, let's say two to three weeks a month after the draft. That's just my gut feeling. Wow. I, you know, I, I, to me, then oh, it, the Warriors and someone situation. And yeah. someone mentioned in the chat they're waiting till the Olympics are over. That's the other part of it. Okay, Brad Beal went home from the Olympics, so maybe he doesn't care. But like, um, well, there are certain, there are certain, <laughs> not like that, but there are uh, some players in the Olympics who are just like, I, I don't think they want to. You know, like Damian Lillard probably doesn't want to have to deal with this while he's in Tokyo. He's he's going to wait until free agency passes to deal with whatever he wants to do in three weeks. That's all I'm saying. I no, I don't know because if the Warriors pick Davion Mitchell, that's a big difference than picking James Booknight. Like if I'm a if I'm a rebuilding team, I want Booknight. The Warriors, they might want Davion Mitchell, and that's like the problem. If I'm the Wizards, if I want to make this trade, I do it now. Like I'm picking my own guy. I don't care. Like, that you're is not, a, you're not giving me Kispert. <laughs> that's you're a not. that's a that's a great point because if the trade happens after the draft, you're kind of you better hope the guys that you picked are the guys that the right, Wizards right. like. You know, you right. better hope the Wizards are high on Josh Giddy or Moses Moody or whoever you pick uh, because they have no say in it. Pre-draft, at least you're throwing them the seven. They can make their own damn pick. Um, it's worth noting. I've, I've actually been thinking about this. I still think if the perfect world situation happens or the Warriors get an opportunity to get a perennial all-star like Bradley Beal, I'm not sure they're going to trade both these picks for him. I kind of feel like the Wizards – I feel like the Wizards will be like, give us Wiseman, give us the seven, and then give us future picks. We don't need to bring on like five 19-year-olds at the same time. We want we want like a steady flow of picks. I kind of feel like that's how it's going to go. So like I, I almost view the dra- – the, the, the Warriors have to approach the draft in terms of like we're going to pick – the player we think is going to have the highest value. And that means both for our team and for other teams, no matter what I that see, that's tough. That, that's, that's just, that's really, that's you're almost asking them to, or the warriors are going to try to uh, thread the needle, like the way they did last season, where they're trying to make this team a contender while at the same time, build towards the future. I, I don't think that's possible, but end of the day, it's like, if you think James Booknight's the guy at seven, you draft them. Like it doesn't really matter. I'm with you, though. I think the Warriors would rather keep 14 or 7, whatever, right? They'd rather keep one of those than, uh, than trade that um, instead of a future first, right? I think the Warriors would say, like, if I could keep 14, i get myself, you know, uh, Kiss Chris Duarte. Or, or, yeah, Duarte, yeah. for sure. That's a big name. Duarte so is going to be Duarte. someone okay you know you can at least count on to give you 15 to 20 well, minutes year yeah. one. Yeah. So I think they would be happy with that because it's like the next three first round picks or whatever it is, presumably they're going to be the late 20s because the Warriors are going to be good for the next three, four years with that Bradley Beal. But I, I think I kind of took this tangent the other way. I actually, I actually want to go backwards and say, we, I don't like own horn, Sam. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's my favorite thing to do. We yeah, were right. Yeah, you absolutely love to. <laughs> I love to. We're right. We sat here and we said there is no way, zero chance, Steph is sitting on his ass this offseason. Zero chance. Absolutely zero chance. And we finally None, get the yeah. support. Yeah. Whether, whether it's a blockbuster move like this or another move, he's absolutely not signing up for a season <laughs> where it's like him, Clay, Draymond, 
and a bunch of development projects with like Fitz yelling at us that we're idiots that we don't appreciate how good these 19 year olds are. Like yep. it's not happening. Like it, it's not another season of like, let's see what Nico Mannion has, you know, that's not going down. Um, Steph played like an MVP last year. He, nope. you know, we know why he didn't win it. The team wasn't good enough and that's fine. I, I don't think he should have won MVP, but he absolutely showed the world. He's good enough to play at that level. And He's not signing up to be on a mediocre team. Like, so, so if they just bring it all back next year and like get some internal improvement, what are they like a six seed, a five seed? Cause Clay won't play half the year, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. that's not, you're that's banking not, on, you're banking on the postseason is when they could be like a real contender. Sure. Yeah. Record. But Steph would have to, Steph would have to kill himself to get them to a five, six seed because we don't know how many games and minutes Clay can play at least for the first like, half of the season yeah Yeah. i don't know it's like he's and then um you know you throw in all the other factors you know wiggins is what he is like what are they really gonna get like i don't think him and draymond are not gonna sign up for another season like that just end of end of story they're not going to we can argue all day about what they could be but they're not signing up for it like they're just they're not sitting there and saying you're using seven you're using i guess i don't even think they care about the picks but they're i think their end game is if you want to use the picks that's fine find a way to add some adults yeah Yeah. i was gonna say yeah you can but like figure this stuff out the rest of the way they are i I think what is probably important to point out is that uh i don't think mt reported that they're specifically saying trade for this guy trade for that guy which i think is important because i I think these guys are saying we're open-minded you guys, we're putting the pressure on you to make a move. Just don't build towards the future at the expense of us right now. And I think that is completely fair. It's not like it's LeBron or whomever going in there and say, making unrealistic expectations and then say, I'll leave. Right? Like, that's the, not what's going on. And by the way, Steph basically said that at the, uh, what was it, the ACC golf tournament in Lake Tahoe a couple weeks ago, where he was like politely saying, yeah, there's there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of balls in the air, you know, like we he he, he wasn't like he wasn't going to say, like, I don't want to play with kids or anything like that. But he was kind of uh, in he's making innuendo. He was kind of insinuating that we need to have a more veteran roster next year. Yep. And to your point, MT did say that in the article. I think the reason Bradley Beal's name gets brought up and also Pascal Siakam in that article is he reads our tweets. Because there's smoke there because. Oh. oh. No, no, I was just going to say Bradley Beal is going to Bradley Beal can walk in free agency in 12 months. The Wizards are not exactly close to contending. It's a very obvious move that like, I just don't think he's going to be on the Wizards come 2022, whether it's the Warriors, whether it's the Philadelphia 76ers um, or someone else. Like I, I do think he's the next quote unquote big fish on the move. Right. Yeah, I guess now it's the time to talk about Bradley Beal. Do you think he's actually going to request out? Because um, he's really said nothing of the sort for yeah. People have, people have said people have said Beal's going for a while, but like he's generally been a good team guy. He doesn't complain. He just kind of goes about his business. Um, I think he's a phenomenal player. Uh, I do think. I, d- I just don't think that report would come out if there wasn't the expectation that he was going to ask out sometime soon. Right. That was the- <laughs> so. That was what I was going to say. When there's smoke, a little bit of fire, a little, a, little, a little bit. Right. Like there's 
this doesn't MT is not reporting this because he thinks Bradley Beal is going to ask out. I think this is being reported at this point of the offseason because Bradley Beal is thinking about asking out. Like I Draymond, Draymond spent the last two weeks with Bradley Beal and Team <laughs> USA. What, what so did so did so did so, did so did Steve Kerr. So I mean. Uh, it, there's a reason there's a reason his name comes up and by the way this isn't the first time his name's come up like at you mean some we did point, 30 pods on this in the last year forget forget mean? the war forget the warriors the bradley beal to x team discussion has been going on for a long time and i promise you those discussions aren't just made up from fan fodder based on on bleacher report like there's real noise behind it maybe it happens maybe it doesn't but it starts with something that people assume is real. Let's actually talk about Bradley Beal, the player. Okay, mm. how do you feel about that? Yeah, yep. I think you like so, him more than me. But go ahead. I do love Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal's offensively as close to the ideal player for the way the Warriors want to play as I can find. Because he, no one moves as well off ball as Steph Curry, but he's pretty phenomenal at cutting to open spaces passing and moving he can actually do stuff with the ball uh which is you know that's that's always what makes Steph special like Steph can relocate and then if someone closes on him hard he can make a move with his dribble and then get another shot Bradley Beal is both capable of running a high pick and roll and cutting off ball whether it's kind of the rim whether it's relocating to the corner whatever it may be he's a very complete offensive weapon He's also phenomenal um, at getting to the free throw line, something that no one on the Warriors other than Steph Curry can do. Um, offensively, I think he's a better fit for the Warriors than any of the other names that have been mentioned. Like I, You throw him out there with Steph, and then you get Clay. let's just say, 30 games into the season. I'm being conservative. Uh, that's the best offense. I mean, this is uh, ridiculous. It's not even. It's, it's not even a question. Like now, you have a, you. You know, it's. I don't know how you really guard it, to be honest. So you don't. Um, I mean, it's it's fucking. And then and then so so the, the real question is, people are like, oh, he can't defend. Yeah, he hasn't defended for a few years now, but I I reject the idea he can't defend because a he played defense when the Wizards were actually decent. And they had him and Wall, and I mean it was a mediocre team, but they definitely got after it defensively when they when they felt like it. Um, secondarily, how many times have we watched players who quote unquote don't defend in bad situations come to good situations and become solid defenders? The best analogy I have for Bradley Beal's defense is like you remember the Houston Rockets. Um, obviously, remember the Houston Rockets, like the ones who actually gave the Warriors a fight, gave the Warriors a better fight than you know the the goat LeBron, whatever that means. Uh, but um, a good analogy for who I think Bradley Beal's defense can mirror is someone like Eric Gordon, very thick, kind of built like a linebacker, can't really move him because he's two hundred twenty pounds, six three, but often plays bigger than it because he's got long arms. Now, I'm not saying Eric Gordon was like the world's greatest defender or anything, but he gave the Warriors problems. I, he was part of probably the best defense that the Warriors dynasty went against. Like, hey, am I wrong in saying that? Like, I feel like the 2018 Houston Rockets probably had the best defense right. against the Warriors. I, yeah. I do think Bradley Beal has it in him to defend at that level because he's also, shout out Greg Popovich for, you know, just 
constantly talking about how thick Bradley Beal is. <laughs> that was weird. Very odd quote. Very, very odd. Quote. But it's true. I mean, he's strong as hell. He's he's I, built. He's built like a football player. He's like he's like six three, six four, two twenty. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, yes, yes. I I make this trade. You know, ten times out of ten, the the package is Wiggins, Wiseman, seven to fourteen. Um, Beal as a player, I think perfect fit offensively. He reminds me of. Um, like he's going to get his fair share of shots at the end of games is, is what it looks like to me. Um, he feels like a guy, all three levels, uh, mid-range, three-pointer, uh, kind of has that contested fadeaway long two that Steph doesn't have. Not to say that he's a better offensive player than Steph. There's nobody ever in the NBA is a better offensive player, but he has that shot, right? It's kind of the shot that KD has. So that would be pretty cool to see in end-of-game situations. Um, excellent excellent at the elbows. He, um, he on, ironic. Yeah, Def- go ahead. Defensively, I think there's one thing I think is important about about Beal that you mentioned, Andrew Wiggins. Like, what do we think about him defensively when he came to the Warriors? I mean, was he anybody that anybody cared about defensively? Now, 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 Andrew Wiggins, Defensive Player of the Year, right, or whatever. Two whatever way Wiggs. Yeah. Two way Wiggs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to me, it's like I'm sure if you put Bradley Beal on this team with Ron Adams, with Steve Kerr, which Steve Kerr is an awesome defensive coach. With Draymond Green. Be fine. Yeah, with Draymond Green. Thank you. Like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, like, so clearly, the fifth, the, clearly the fifth player in the lineup needs to be someone who's a little taller and rangier, you know? Um, but find that guy. K- Whatever. Katie's it's it's easier. Yeah, Katie's not coming back. Uh, maybe you bring back Kelly Oubre. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> um, but but my point stands. Like we just watched an NBA Finals. Um, Drew Holiday and Pat Connaughton was a starting backcourt for most of the game. Pat Connaughton, nice player. You're not going to tell me Pat Connaughton's size was the key part of why they won. On the flip side, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. That's a smaller backcourt than Stefan and Bradley Beal. If you want to go to the teams who got eliminated in the playoffs, uh, but we think we'll be back there, I don't think size is the reason that Stefan, like that Harden and Kyrie might be a problem for the Warriors. You know, I don't think size in the backcourt is why the Lakers would be dangerous. Like the Lakers' backcourt is what Dennis Schroeder and Alex Caruso, right? Caruso is six for now. Yeah, KCP six three. I think, I think size in the backcourt is. I don't want to say overrated, but like you know that you're not really dealing with. You, you got to find a guy. You got to find a guy to play the four or five who's bigger to make yes, up for it. But thank like you, Beal's yeah. Beal's plenty big to play shooting guard if he's willing to engage defensively. And and Clay's gonna play the three anyway, and that's why I'm I'm in on. We're not talking about Siakam, but I like that trade as well too, just because he's he's another big that guy that can give you a chance defensively against some of these other teams like the Lakers. So no, but I think Bradley Beal. It, it's really it's the offense that is infatuating. I mean, the defense. Yes, we can get away with it. You know, maybe you can get a vet wing or something like that. But or maybe Sam, we thought about this. What if they trade away Wiggins but keep Ubre? Oob's back. The U- you the you Ubre, just brought it up. I just thought about the it. The Ubre redemption tour. Uh, him, him as just kind of the 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 fourth guy um, on a team. I mean, where he he's is not making decisions. He, he is better as a small ball power forward. There you go. And yes, adding another player who can dribble means Kelly Ubre doesn't dribble. So <laughs> these are all possibilities. I don't know. Like Ubre 
physically matches the profile of like the player you want to complete the small ball lineup. I don't know that mentally he does, but uh, <laughs> it does you know. look good. It does look good. I, I am I am fascinated by this Bradley Beal fit though. It, it it is incredible. I just it it's like the Brooklyn Nets when you see those three guys together and you're like, well, nobody's stopping that. And with the Warriors, a little bit different because you don't got three guys that are pounding the ball. You're gonna have Steph, Clay, and 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 Beal together. That, like you said, off the ball, on the ball, doesn't matter. These guys are all special, both ways. So they're gonna play a special kind of fun basketball to watch. I think with the Nets, they're just as effective, probably more effective, but they're not the, pretty to watch. These the guys last are gonna be amazing. Yeah, and the, and the last point I'll make is. If you're a believer in the Warriors' culture and their coaching staff, <laughs> you should be banking on skill set that you can you can bring the best out of. You bring up Andrew Wiggins, perfect point. Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota was not exactly a defensive player. Um, he had the tools, but he didn't defend. Next thing you know, comes to the Warriors and um, you know, he should have made an all defensive team. And I don't know if he should have made one, but he certainly was a very good defender very on good. the wing. Um, Bradley Beal has played good defense in the past. He has not played much defense at all the last few years. I don't necessarily blame him because of the wizard situation, but to me, I'm looking at it as like you put him on a good team. The question you should be asking is, do you think you can get him to mentally engage? Because if you can get him to mentally engage, I trust that the Warriors can coach him up to be the best defensive version of who he is, whatever that may mean. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't think he's going to be that guy, if you think he's just about his numbers, well, then you got a bigger problem, but you shouldn't be trading for him. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the cosign from the Warriors core saying he's their preferred guy kind of lets you know that they don't view him as a stat patter guy because yeah. Yeah. I don't recall Stefan Draymond cosigning D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> I don't recall them like really wanting to keep him around and doing those sort of things because I think they knew who he was. I think they knew he was a guy who is, if I get my, if I get my 25 and seven, but we lose, it's cool. Cause I got my numbers, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think they view Bradley Beal in that. Same. No. And I don't think he is either. Um, he does kind of seem like someone kind of, I guess I think Devin Booker, who's maybe someone that early in his career, people feel and, and maybe me too that he's more of a stats guy. Zach Levine, another guy like that. Uh, sure. We don't know as much about him. But Devin Booker kind of told us, showed us, that he's not an all-stats guy. He's a winner. Um, and as, as far as I'm concerned, that team's going to be good for a long time if, if he and Aiton and Chris Paul are going to be still there for a couple of years. So, And and, and I think Bradley Beal's better than that. I mean, he's better. He's older. He's more experienced. So uh, we can go a different way, but let's go Let's go get some callers. Let's, let's, get some, let's get some callers. Let's yeah. see what you guys have to say. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Maxwell, my Always. man, do you, want, do you want Bradley Beal on the Warriors? Um, I've always liked Beal and how he plays, but I do have some concern about him because, look, we all know he's a hooper, but is he a basketball player? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I would love Beal, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, can I, I have a draft question. Can I ask you a draft yeah, question? Yeah, go for it. It's about Trey Murphy uh, out of Virginia. I That dude is awesome. Is he the dream scenario at 14 because he's a 6'9 guard who's 50, 40, 90? I, you know what? We're going to have – Max will appreciate the question. We're going to have Sam Bassini on the pod. We expect the episode to drop on Sunday at latest Monday. I actually wanted to ask him about Trey Murphy versus Chris Duarte because to me they both are – They're going to be there at 14. Well, they're, yeah, right? they're, they are the can't-miss 3 and D prospects of this draft. Like they're going to be productive players in the NBA. Uh, Trey Murphy's bigger – but from what I can tell, little less in terms of movement off ball. Like he's more of a spot up guy, maybe more of a Trevor Ariza, you know. And Duarte is a little more dynamic in terms of what he can do, but he's also six six instead of six nine. I mean, I've heard Chris Duarte is Malcolm Brogdon per Grant Liffman, so I don't overthink it. You know, you just gotta get that guy and then pay him. <laughs> I don't know, man. Davison is gonna be on on tomorrow. Actually, Otto be out on Sunday. Yeah, don't t- don't tell the people we pre-record. No, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, next up, next up, Charles. What's up, my man? What up, guys? Uh, I just wanted to jump in on the Beal stuff. As far as uh, what you guys were saying, like where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, Marcus isn't putting this out there out of nowhere. Draymond definitely at least got some sort of inkling that Beal has thought about leaving. Like, there's something there for sure. But I wanted to ask, like, what, Sam, you've kind of talked about it before as far as the, uh, you know, trading picks six, seven years down the line. Like, at what point is it too much for Beal? And uh, also, like, what if Jordan Poole has to be in there? I know that's not a deal breaker or anything, but it's going to be more than, you know, just those three or four assets for sure. Appreciate it. Um, so one thing that is attractive about trading for Bradley Beal is he only is under contract for one more year, which means the Wizards' leverage is limited. Like they they can't demand picks for eight years. I mean they can, but no one's gonna give it to them. So at some point, it becomes a little more palatable for the Warriors. Like if you give one or two future firsts, it's not the end of the world. Um, someone like someone like Damian Lillard, who has four years left on his contract, Portland can just be like, I don't care if you're unhappy, Dame, play, you know? Right. And they can right. kind of force they can kind of force you to be like, I want picks until 2035 or whatever, you know, something like crazy like that. So um it is a consideration, but like let, let's wait for Bradley Beal to demand out and see might- what the asking price is. It might happen quick. It might happen quick. It might be one of those like Paul George kind of like Bradley Beal is just gonna behind the scenes just say, "Hey, I'm out. Trade me to trade me to the Warriors because Draymond said so." Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, quick, quickly on Jordan Poole, Ryan. Before you go, uh, yeah, I think his value is just a lot higher with the Warriors than it is anywhere else. I, I don't know if teams are saying we need Jordan Poole in a trade package, uh, kind of thing. So anyway, hey Ryan. 
It's possible. Uh, also, Jordan Poole's value to the Warriors probably is a little less so if you bring in someone like Bradley Beal. But anyway, Ryan, sure. what's up, my man? Yeah. Uh, nothing much. Uh, just saw the news and got really excited. It means that Draymond and Steve Kerr have been having steak dinners with both Bradley Beal and Zach Levine all of um, all of Olympic training camp. So I'm ready for that. And I like Beal's fit, but I just want to know, all things equal, if Beal and Levine are both on the table, which one would you trade for? Eileen Levine, personally, just because you may not have to give up Wiggins in a Levine trade due to contract matching stuff, and you get to keep Wiggins to be your big wing in small ball lineups. Fair question. I don't think the Warriors are willing to take on another max contract and keep Wiggins. So... I just view it as a non-starter. Like they're not going to get Levine, give him the max he's going to demand and keep Wiggins at 30 million a year. As much as I'd like him to, I don't think they will. Realistically, Bradley Beal is the better player um, for the next couple of years anyway. Levine, I think, will eventually pass him, but like Bradley Beal is just such a better pass. Give me the better player. Give me the better player. That's straight. But I'm cool either way. I'll just be I'll just yeah, be that, honest. That, that is true. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Peritas, what's up, man? Hello? Hey, guys, can hey, you hear me? Up, we can hear you. What's going on? Yeah, I, I got excited looking at the trade, uh, this possibility. I've been thinking about this for a while. So I have two questions. Uh, one about Kuminga, since there is a talk that Kuminga might fall to the Warriors. Do you think that if Bradley Beal, even if we don't trade the picks before the deadline, this might make Warriors think about Kuminga because he has a higher upside and Wizards might probably want him more than, say, Book Knight or... I don't know, whoever else is in for the seventh pick. And second, if Bradley, if Bradley Beal isn't available. Oh, we might have lost him. Paratosh, we didn't hear your second question, but I, I, okay, the Kuminga question, I think we can respond to. Yeah. That, I think they're going to go, I think they're going highest upside no matter what, because yep. even if Beal isn't the guy who's available, someone else will be. And you just don't take like low upside in the top 10. Like I'm a full believer. Like you got to take a big swing when you have a top 10 pick period. And it's on you to a identify the right talent and B develop it. But like, you don't, you don't like, you just don't pass on a big talent because you, you don't know how to develop them. I, I just think you just can't pass on that big talent because somebody loves them. <laughs> too like the Wizards right. are gonna love him. The Bulls like Peritas would make such a great point is you draft Kaminga because he has the highest value out of all of these guys. Um, he probably even has a higher value than like Jalen Suggs if you're talking about like a rebuilding team because Jalen Suggs is more of like a, a kind of like you know he can win now kind of guy. I don't know. I'm just yeah. throwing it out there, but like you can make that argument that Jonathan Kaminga's trade value is top five, four in this draft, and I yeah. 100%. You, you pick that guy. You pick that guy anyway, though, like you're saying. You pick him anyway. All right, let's keep moving. What's up, man? What's going on, bro? Can you hire me? Yes, sir. Yeah, we can hear you. What you got right. for us? Hey, uh, I was going to say, uh, if Bill doesn't, uh, if he don't ax out, should, should they just go ahead and go for uh, Pascal Siakam instead? It's a good question. I kind of feel like, Andy, where do, where do you land between Siakam and Bill? So Beal is the one where <clears throat> I'm comfortable trading everyone. Wiggins, Wiseman, 7-14. Or if you don't want to do 14, then a future first or, or whatever. Sure. Pascal Siakam's a different story. I don't know if I do all of that. That one is 
it's a little tougher. Like I do Wiggins and Wiseman or Wiggins and seven. It's just a little bit harder because, you know, one, he's not as good. Two, he's injured. So you don't know where he is. But also he is a pretty, really good bat. He's a pretty fantastic basketball player. Two way defensively and offensively. He's not going to be number one. Two way Seahawks. Two way. He's (laughs) Wiggins on roids. Right. But like, I, I just think he would be a great fit. Two as the four or the five with Draymond. And then if he's not the main score like he was in Toronto the last few years, then I think he's a good fit as well offensively. I, I just don't know if I would go Wiggins, Wiseman, and seven. That's kind of the problem. Sure. Um, the other thing to consider is I think Siakam is owed three more years or maybe it's two. He's not on the verge of free agency. So um, while I would like him on the Warriors, I think he's an excellent player. He he would be the perfect small ball fit next to Draymond defensively. And they would be just an absolute pain in the ass for other teams when they go to that lineup. Um, I don't know that I actually think Beal's more likely to uh, demand out and to be traded than Siakam this off season, particularly with the injury. Yeah. McWalter. Yo, what's up guys? Double uh, green rooms today. That's pretty dope. Um, was picking up some PPQ and uh, nice. saw that pop in there. Nice. Oh, hey, get it twice. Sweet. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Spice chicken? Food here in chicken? Uh, no, no. I went with the charbroiled beef, garlic yes. noodles. You know, good doesn't stuff. Doesn't miss. Doesn't miss. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't miss. And, you know, here's hoping the Warriors don't miss. Right? <laughs> like, hey, let's, let's, I like the idea of Levine. Get us get us a little younger and, um, and, and just get us a little bit more explosive. It's, it's almost like we've gotten – a better version of Ubre with those cuts and things, and also someone who can explode and, and score. I think that would be great. Um, but you know, yeah, but there's there's no indication that Levine like there's a reason Beal's name comes up and Levine's doesn't. Levine's younger. There's an expectation that he's going to sign the mega deal with the Bulls, give him a chance to rebuild. Honestly, he may end up being in Bradley Beal's situation in three years, but um, but I do I do get where you're coming from. If, if Levine comes up, there is there is an allure to him because he's 25 as opposed to 28, so it gives you a little more longevity. You know, he'd be coming to his prime when Steph actually was. Exactly, exactly. It would just give us a, another way to keep keep things rolling going forward. But, you know, Beal wouldn't be bad either. I mean, it's not as though we wouldn't be able to outshoot everyone and, and still win these games. And I say Draymond makes people better defensively. We talk about Ron Adams helping. Just having Draymond on your team makes you a better defender, right? And and I think that I think that's a huge thing that people are missing. Agreed, McWalter. Agreed. I do think, I mean... The one thing I've uh, the one thing I've noticed with Draymond is he has no patience for guys who do not engage defensively. He's willing to deal with guys who make mistakes, but he's not willing to deal with guys who just play Matador defense and don't try. Like we all saw the way he reacted to D'Angelo Russell. I mean, literally um, on the court, it was one of the most. It was pretty funny. Um, I'm I was I was at the game um, against the Denver Nuggets where. It looked like they were going to win the whole games when Steph was out. D'Lo was having one of his really good offensive games. And the war and Draymond was like heavily engaged. And then Nuggets came back down the stretch. And it was primarily because they picked on D'Lo and he just wasn't doing anything on defense. And Draymond just about lost it on him in a way that like everyone in the arena could see. I don't know if the cameras picked up on it, but it was one of those where Draymond 
was doing like you know kind of the the whole like scream at you like what the hell blah blah, blah. like it was a little uncomfortable and like dealer just walked away so he's i mean draymond is who he is you don't win defensive player of the year and get to his level particularly at his size if you're not heavily engaged yeah yep. cj you there hey what's going on there we go um, yeah, two quick questions about Bradley Bill. Are you guys concerned, like, between Steph, Clay, and Bill, that's going to be, like, a law of diminishing returns in terms of, like, the shot attempts and everything? And the second question, Bradley Bill, for for being a shooter, he's not really shot, like, he's been, like, a subpar, like, 36% three-point shooter. Are you concerned with that? In terms of him being more of a spot up threat because of Steph and Clay, yeah, thanks. That's fun. Those are those. Now that's fun. That's what I like. That's to a, hear. that's a great question. Um, one, we don't know how big of a load Clay is going to be able to carry next year. So, like, I, I think they need to get another focal point in offense Wait, just because, like, we have a direct comparison, Sam. It's just KD was on this team when Clay was healthy, and it was. Oh fun. yeah, that's. Yeah, that's a direct what, I was going to say, yes, yeah. and KD's better than Bradley Beal. KD's also better than most every player in the league. But, yes, yeah. they'll be fine. Uh, I think it would be a, a law of diminishing returns if you added a guy who is like a true, uh, like, ball pounder. Like, I need the ball in my hands 24-7. But that's not, who, that's not who Bradley Beal is, though. That's not who Bradley yeah. Beal is. Yeah. And, finally, his, his point on the three-point percentage is correct. But if you dig into it, Bradley Beal is over 40% on catch and shoots. He just has to take a ton of terrible threes because he's the only option. He's also 54% on two-point shots over the last four years. One of the better mid-range shooters in the league. He also gets to the free throw line an obscene amount, like eight times a game. I mean, it's it's kind of like, in some ways, it is a lot like Devin Booker. Like, you know how you always feel like Devin Booker is a big-time shooter, but then you look at his three-point percentage? But then when you watch him, you're like, well, yeah, I mean, the, he could be a little streaky from three, but he's automatic from the elbow, automatic from, like, all these other spots on the floor. I think Bradley Beal would actually be really good with the Warriors because we know Steph and Clay are automatic from three. What, so he'd give him like, another level there. Also, what, he can what, shoot the three. What did Andrew Wiggins shoot from three this season? 38%. Beal might shoot forty four percent playing next to Stephen Clay, so yeah, I wouldn't right. worry about that. I think. And then he's st- he's still going to be he's still going to be awesome from mid range. He's still going to get to the free throw line, which I think is a huge thing this team needs. It, I think it, they just it is, it's I to me it's 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 really also the shot creation um, in in late game situations when it's just Steph out there like that. It's so hard when it's just Steph getting doubled and you just have no. We saw it. We saw it. And you even saw it in Toronto against Toronto in 2019, two years ago, because they had nobody else. So it just would be fun to see someone else make those shots, those tough shots. And yeah, Bradley Beal is probably one of the best in the NBA at making them. And and I do and I do agree with you. I think he's a better passer than Booker. Mm. He's a pretty good passer. He's he's it'll work. Is he a good screener? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> hey guys, Dylan, what's up, man? Not much. I'm doing good. Um, I just had a quick scenario for you guys. So let's say we do trade for Bradley Beal and we move Wiggins and Wiseman as the main players in the deal. Quite kind of a two-part question off of that. Do you think that we'll try and move Kelly Oubre for a, a traded player exception? 
And if we do, who do you guys think would be the ideal person to pair once we have Beal and we've lost Wiggins and Wiseman? It's a good question. I'm going to raise it. I think they try to keep Ubre uh, if they trade uh, if they trade Wiggins and they bring in Beal. Idea earlier, you like it? You're talking yourself into it. I am talking myself into it. Um, I don't know if Ubre will be better in that role for the Warriors. I don't know if they won't end up moving him down the line because it doesn't work out. But I kind of feel like they're going to try to keep him if they can pull that off. We'll see. Now, in terms of other options they could potentially pursue. I'd have to look at it honestly. I haven't like thought too heavily about it. Like they could get, uh, they could get a Rudy Gay. They could get maybe could get Otto Porter. I don't know. I, like, are we, we're just trying to combine like the 2018 Wizards and Warriors at this point. <laughs> get, get Otto Porter, Ubre, Beal with Steph Clay and Dre. I don't know, but like there, there, there's some stuff to do. And yeah, as someone mentions, they'll get ring chasers. If they I get Beal say, next to Steph, they I will mean, be a player in the ring chasing market. I mean, we just watched Brooklyn end up with Blake Griffin for free. I mean, it was midseason, but and Jeff like, Green, yeah, yeah just, just like that. Those guys, right? yeah. those guys are those guys are very good if you give them that type of role. Not so good if you ask them to be the 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 main guy, but yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, keep moving. We've got a few more to get to. Everyone on the line, we're gonna try to get to you. Uh oh, his return. God knows what time what time it is in Australia. Luke, what's up, man? How you going, boys? You good? Oh, never I'm better. Doing wonderful, mate. It is Friday. It is Friday afternoon, mate, and I'm stiff as a board. This is outstanding news, eh? This is fucking great. Um, just before uh, before I before I get to my question, I wanted to say to give you guys all the credit in the world. You guys have been tooting this horn for so fucking long, and it's about time some pressure got put on this place. Um. Also, too, the Godfather 2 reference, uh, Sammy, are we going to get a fucking little edited clip where Wiseman's out on the boat with Clay and fucking gets the board <laughs> in the back, mate, like Fredo? Oh. <laughs> because Come on. That's Big, what Big Jim going to happen, that poor kid. But, Big, um, Jim, Big Jim doesn't deserve that. He he hasn't betrayed the family like Fredo. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, but, you know, that, that's the vibe I'm getting now. But I just wanted to ask... Um, <laughs> Why are people? I just want to give a shout out to Fake Logic and Tommy and OZ and bloody Tony and that. Why are people overthinking this? The, the idea of the game is to get a ball in the fucking hoop. If we start the season with Beal and Steph, we don't have to put any pressure on Clay anymore. Like Clay can come back nice and easy and come into the season. It's all good. Like Beal, Beal coming to the Warriors would be like discovering fucking porn for the first time. He wouldn't know what, what world he's in. Like seriously, he's never had that shot selection or spacing in his whole career. He'd be outstanding. You know what I mean? Am I, am I overthinking this? Like seriously? No, I do agree with you. I do. I do agree with you. Look, there, I'm trying to think of what I first discovered. Poor. Look, undoubtedly, if they get Beal, they've set up their offense. There'd be work to be done to find the right role players to create a complete team. I do feel – I get what you're saying. Some people are overthinking it. They're like, well, if we give up Wiggins, who's going to guard LeBron? I'm like, all right, well, end of free agency. Get Nick Batum. Sign yeah, like a, a big wing. Yes, someone, thank you. Sign someone like that. But like yeah, the thing that's hard to – something that's so, – so I do understand where – I do understand where people are like, oh, if we get BOE, what are we going to do about this? But that's kind of how trades go. You have an incomplete team. You give up right. something to get something else, and then your hope is you can fill the gaps you lost in another way. As far as I'm concerned, 
the things that Bradley Beal does are infinitely harder to find than the things that like Wiggins and uh, maybe Kent Bazemore and some of these players do for the Warriors. So it's like, if you want to take it down to the most analytical, like granular asset level, the harder asset to find is a shot creator and like an all-star playmaker. And you can find another defensive wing at somewhere. Mate, you took the words. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly right. Like exactly what I'm saying. Like we just saw the Phoenix fucking Suns. No disrespect, go all the way to the finals, and everyone's overthinking about adding one of the best shooters in the game to Clay and Steph. And Draymond wouldn't even have to shoot. Like what? Like what? What are we He's, doing here? This that's is why Draymond's like, so happy. Yeah. So but, but, sorry, I know we've got other calls to go through, but so quickly, snap poll for you folks. If it was Beal, Clay, Steph, Batum, and fucking like Marquise, Chris, and Draymond or whatever, right? Where would you rank them in the West before the season's even started? Cheers, boys. Here, good work. Cheers, Luke. Appreciate it, Luke. I mean, Ooh. I think they're in the conversation. I think the clip. Okay, so I don't want to get into this too much, but like Clippers are out. Oh, they're the best team in the West. Sam, stop it. They're the best. Team the Lake. The, the Lakers. The Lakers are still there. They they got rust, yeah. They'll get rust. <laughs> so yeah, they get, if they get rust, heads. that'll really help. That that would help the Warriors, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think the Warriors would be in that top conversation of the West. I actually think you kind of have to look at Milwaukee and more so Brooklyn yeah, as the teams yeah. you kind of have to find players for. But like, I agree. I do think they would be in that conversation. You know, Denver will be good, but like, I don't really know when uh, Jamal Murray is yeah. coming back and if he'll be good next year the year after definitely but like uh, uh, best the warriors are the best team in the west i mean they, if, they make this trade i mean there's just think about the ring chasers that you're gonna get though and like that's your point it's i think like, i think the lakers are the only ones you have to concern because end of the day yeah, if lebron yeah, and yeah. ad are healthy yeah that's like the foundation of a very dangerous team and they're yeah. probably going to get their own share of ring chasers too. They might even get someone who can hit an outside shot. Yeah, then, then it might it might be scary if they actually get someone who can shoot the ball. Oh, it'll but, be, it'll it'll be the Warriors shooting. You know, it'll be the Warriors shooting fifty five threes a game versus the 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 LeBron and AD just kind of going at them on the offensive boards. It'd be a fun matchup. But the trade that happened, if this trade does happen, the Warriors got to be the favorites of the West. It would be incredible. And and what they're back the in that they're definitely back in that tier one. Maybe maybe they have some issues they have to work out. Maybe they go to the trade deadline needing a center or something like that. But like they're they would be firmly in the conversation of the teams that matter. What what offensively they were ranked what twenty twentieth? What would they be ranked next season with Bradley Beal and Clay? Beck? I mean. Assuming they don't fill the roster with 19-year-olds, <laughs> that's got to be a top uh, three, top five with, offense with Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn will probably be better. Brooklyn might average 180 points a game, yeah. at least on days Kyrie doesn't take PTO. But um, we'll uh, see. All right, let's keep moving. Got a few more calls to get through. No, like Mikas. Mikas, hey, what's up, my man? I hope you guys got that Warriors plus twelve hundred line because once this Beal trade is done, no, 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 it's Ooh, gonna, that's a good come way down. That's a good point. Time, time to sell off, uh, sell off some assets and put it all on the wall. Absolutely, that's what I'm about to do. Uh, I have a question that is probably not on everybody's mind, but I have started laughing and thinking about it. Uh, t- kind of two questions, but the first one, uh, provided we get Bradley Beal, 
is there going to be like a, a time where we sit everybody down and we get Kent Bazemore and be able to work it out so we can keep some depth for the uh, the guards on our roster? Is Kent, <laughs> is, is Kent foregone not coming back if Beal uh, makes the roster? Or does Beal require maybe, that Kent is no longer there? Maybe, maybe, they can, <laughs> maybe they can bond over both getting COVID. I don't know. Oh, yeah, um, that's probably true being anti-vaxxing. Um, no, but uh, the other question I was thinking was, do we think that Kerr has learned uh, from the run last year? I'm thinking if we ship out Wiseman, and uh, we can't play Draymond at small ball all the time, but I know you guys keep talking about Nick Batum. Nick Batum played a lot of small ball for the Clippers in the playoffs. It was effective. We have Juan. Maybe you get Chris. Could we be looking at realistically if we get Beal really going like a, a heavy space lineup with not really ever playing a true center? Maybe we get killed on the boards, but it might produce some more advantageous results offensively. What do you guys think about that? That's uh, a great question. There's no way Kerr is not going to play Looney 20 plus minutes a game if no, his body yeah. holds up. Yeah. Yeah, we know. There's like, also a veteran center coming, though. That's that's a fact. That's true. He, we I talked about this earlier with uh, Aaron when we did a green room. There's no position you can find like productive minutes eaters more than center in the NBA. You can find a guy for a veteran minimum who can give you 15 to 20 minutes a game. You can get Javale McGee back, for, for example. Javale can give you 15 to 20 good minutes. Uh, I think um, I don't know if Kerr's going to change. And here's the thing: I think Kerr's willing to go to that small ball lineup when it matters. That's that's the thing. Is I'm not yeah, concerned the, the about whole, that. The whole um, the, not wanting to play Draymond at it is about trying to um, manage his right. it, Yeah, it's it's right. about just it's about not wearing Draymond down. It's not about him like disliking what, the lineup. Now, what I'm worried about. And and now I think they'd make this trade if Beal wants to go to the Warriors. I don't think Steve is stopping this trade. But I, I am a little – I would be curious, i phrase it this way, to see how Steve Kerr changes the way his system works offensively for Bradley Beal. And I don't think he's going to have to make huge changes. I think Beal's a great fit. But I just, I'd just be curious because I don't know if Bradley Beal is a number one Steve Kerr type of player. Um, but he's also no, we not know. – we know Steve. Steve prefers length and um, you like and just size, <laughs> size in general. You know, he's like he's like Frank Thomas in those Nugenics commercials. Um, Why is he in those commercials? I don't know, but they're always on TV and they make me laugh every time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like we we know Steve's not a small ball guy by nature. Like he just he just just at his heart he believes size matters, which quite frankly makes sense for a guy, a small guard who bounced around the NBA. Like imagine being like a six foot guy with not that much athleticism in the NBA. You would think size matters too. Uh Oh, option zero. OZ. What's up, man? What's up, Sam? What's up, Andy? Close us out, brother. I think more than that, almost as much as the encore performance, what I'm looking forward to most is the voices in the Warriors uh, fandom and quote-unquote um, credential holding community that might need to change their tune um, once Bradley Beal is a warrior and Raymond Ritter starts pumping the hype train about how, how uh, third splash brother, um, best backcourt, blah, 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 blah. They're going to have to all of a sudden say, uh, oh yeah, trading was a good idea and we're so smart because God Myers pulled it off and the the the, the backpedal will be very fun, don't you think? <laughs> I do think the backpedal will be fun. The the Warriors, it's it's PR, right? Like that's I think the great point about it is Ritter's doing a job, and he does a very very good job. Ritter's the best in the business. 
He's and I think that yeah, it's you, you believe him. Fitz, best in the business. You think Sam? You don't think Fitz? You know, you think he's going to make snarky comments about Bradley Beal and Bradley Beal's on the team? No chance. No chance. Like Ozzy was saying, when he comes on, oh my goodness, it's going to be. Oh, this is the greatest backcourt of all time, and there's three of them, or whatever. The hell, I don't know what the hell. How fast will How fast would Fitz start commenting about how Wiseman never had hands? You know, like oh god, it's just <laughs> so that, like I, I don't even want to like I I don't I don't want to take shots in any way, but like we know we know how fast the pivot will come yeah. from from the organization, and it should. Their job's to sell you. It's not to you know. It's not to be straightforward. Okay, they're here to do a job. Actually, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? All right. I'm excited to join my Thursday night. Um, so let's say the Warriors do get Bradley Beal. First off, how realistic do you think it is getting Bradley Beal? Fair question. So I'll, I'll give you my odds right now. I think 70% he gets traded this offseason. So I think it's far more likely than not that he gets traded this offseason. Okay. Um, and then I think... It's between the Warriors and Philly as the most likely destinations. That's just my gut feeling. I, I'm not ruling out Daryl Morey. Andy, do you think Daryl Morey would be in on Bradley Beal when you look at the, that? Like anyone. that's my biggest. That's my biggest fear. Like I, he'll be aggressive. That's who the Warriors would have to beat if Bradley Beal became available. So like, if you want me to break it down, the odds he's on the Warriors next year probably less than the odds, or probably under fifty percent. Because I think, you know, that there's going to be other teams who try. But I do think there's a chance. All right. And last one before you guys call it a night. Do you think if Damian Lillard was interested in the Warriors, do you think he'd be – that would be a better fit? Or do you think Bradley Beal would be the better fit out of the two? Oh. I actually oh, appreciate man. the call. Oh. Andy? Oh, I just uh. – <laughs> You're putting me in a bad place with this question because I almost feel like Bradley Beal would be a better flip, better fit just because he doesn't need the ball as much and he's so much better off ball than Damon. Oh, is, I, I, I'm not. I'm not even putting you in a bad spot. I, I 100% agree. Beal's oh, bigger, right? Oh. He's better off ball. He's younger, and not that this is the most important thing. It's going to cost less to get Bradley Beal because he's, um, he has one year in his contract. Dame signed the four-year supermax, so you use Portland's going to ask for everything you just everything you own. They're gonna they're also going to ask for Andy's new Tesla. They're going to want the deed. <laughs> they're going to want the deed to my condo. Like it's just it's going to be a lot of stuff. Uh, and all that being said, I, I didn't think about that part. You're right. All that being said, though, Dame's a better player. He, he is opinion. a better player. I think I. T- I think I take Dame, and I think Dame figures it out with this team because he just he's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to play my way or the highway. I think he'll figure it out, and I think he would be the better player for this team. I think, but the problem is, and I think he the answer he he answered in his question. Dame doesn't want to go to the Warriors. He doesn't want to play with the Warriors. He doesn't want to play now. With da- the team, Dame's so. a, Dame's a pure point guard. He wants to go to a team where he can be the point guard. Do you really think he wants to go to the team? He in his play. home area yeah, where yeah. the fans do not like him as much as the guy who plays his position. Like yeah, I, I, exactly. I actually I actually sympathize with Dame in this situation. Like I I think it would suck for him. I really do like you know, it's he deserves to go to New York and, you know, lead well, them to an eight seed and be a god in the garden. 
Well, here's one more option before we get out of here then, because you mentioned Philly for a destination for Bradley Beal. What if this a destination for Dame? That's, <laughs> then it's that's true. That's for Beal. Yeah. Philly, Philly is a town that would love Damian Lillard. All right, we're going to end it here. Appreciate you all. Episode will be up on the feed tomorrow. Subscribe. Subscribe.